0: the NFL podcast.
1: Can't beat the too high (laughs) shell.
0: From the Chris Wessling podcast studio, it's around the NFL. I'm Dan Hansis, joined by the heroes Greg Rosenthal and Mark Sessler. Greggy, it's the week 14 Sunday recap show, the flagship program, and it very nearly did not happen. The our podcast came so close to ending today. How's that? You've got me on the edge it of my seat. It was almost over, at least over as we know it. All right. Mickey. And here comes the onside kick with 117 left. <laughs> Tucker bounces to the right side, hits off a Browns player, and the Ravens recover at the 40-yard line. Wow. Round, Baltimore. If... The Ravens recovered that onside kick and then turned it into the game-winning field goal to beat the Browns. Mark's gone. And the show, as we know it, is over. Thankfully, the Browns got the stop, and we'll get to the game later. But it was so close.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, Greg and I, we are in the office during these early games, and I think that I was probably annoying you with my... You know, I yeah. was dropping some sailors language in the direction
3: of the Ravens <laughs> and the Browns. It would others, have been so. over. It would have been tough. We would have had to step into. Mark had a lot of responsibilities today. It would have been. T- but it was, <laughs> yeah. it, was um, it was typical. This was that like the theme of the week. kind of. You know, yeah. if we're looking overarching, it started with that crazy Vikings game, giving up the big lead. The Browns gave up the big lead. Uh, they won. The Cowboys gave up the big lead. They won. The Bucs gave up the big lead. They won. The 49ers gave up the big lead. They won. And Mm. like I mentioned, it all started back on Thursday night when I watched that Vikings team drive that strawberry truck all over the field. Don't you (laughs) think I forgot? If if you listen to the
0: recap, you know. Greg listens to the Thursday night show when he's not on it, and you got to give him respect for it. And Mark, I literally, my my stomach jumped. (laughs) When the onside kick happened, because I knew the the ramifications could have been huge, but we're all together. Well, well,
2: what do you think I would have done? I don't know. Okay. Like I, I, I mean, don't. our windows on the second or third floor are they're you know, hermetically sealed. I guess so.
0: I guess I could imagine driving in and just seeing like a hole where the office used to be. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so everyone's going out.
0: Thankfully, it didn't come to it. We're going to get to the Browns, who uh, almost impossibly. Um, are in position to win that AFC North because that division's so wide open. We're going to get into what's going on there, but yes, let's start with the on paper what was the game of the day. And then it didn't look like it was going to be that way, but oh hell yeah, it turned out to be a great ball game down there in Tampa between the Bills and the Bucks. Pressure coming from the outside. Brady throws it back. Punt ball first out of the 50. Outside the numbers 40. To the 30 yard line. To the 25. It's Paraman. shot Paraman. Touchdown to Hemel Bay. Box run in overtime. Paraman. 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 Dean <laughs> <laughs> Deckerhoff. WFUS. Josh Allen played like a star in the second half. But Tom Brady reminded us in overtime that he is the GOAT. The quarterback hooked up with. Jets legend Brashad Perriman for a 58-yard <laughs> touchdown. It was the game-winning score in a wild 33-27 win over the Bills. Tampa Bay uh, moves to 9-3. 10-3. 10-3 and remain very much in the mix for the number one seed in the NFC. Thank you, Mark. The Bills, meanwhile, all of a sudden 7-6 and, and in danger of falling out of playoff position in the AFC entirely. Uh, what a game, Greg. So good. Twenty four to three, felt over,
3: and yet the Bills defense went on a run before that overtime drive by the Bucks, where five of the six Bucks offensive drives went for ten yards or less, not counting the kneel downs. And that defense that we've heard about all year got them back into the game. Josh Allen got them back into the game, but ultimately the team with the win here and the thirty-three points are led by what I think is the most Unstoppable force in all of the NFL right now, which is the combination of Tom Brady and this offensive line. Those two things together are so hard to beat for 60 minutes or or 65 like in this game. He had a lot of throws, including that game winner, where it wasn't out of his hand that quickly. And yes, they struggled in the second half against a good pass defense, but in the first half... Bowl in the way for Leonard Fournette, protecting Brady. When you've got that good of a line, even against a good defense, and that good of a quarterback playing at such a high level, man, it's going to take a, a really special offensive performance to beat them. And the Bills got that, but they only got about a half of that. They didn't get a full game of that.
2: Well, it's funny because you mentioned you know, the script writers, the football gods, um, made seven or eight games this week and feels like had the same narrative. Huge lead, lost it, didn't lose it. Here's the same thing. I... I if I'm a Bills fan, it was twenty seven to ten at one point and had that turned into thirty seven to thirteen or something. Western New York is on fire after what happened last week and this week and you're looking at a Bills team that is going to be heavily mm. critiqued nonstop. I thought they fought their way back into this thing in a valiant effort that yes, I know you lost, but you've got Carolina next, then that Patriots
3: game. The I old build on the moro victory game. I, I don't it's know. Possible. I mean, it's it happens.
2: I, I just think that like, that it was so negative a week ago. There's a lot to take away from this, and you lost to what is arguably the best team in football that is the most consistent team in football in a season
0: when there's like two or three consistent teams in the entire league. I mean, when it's 24-3 to three at halftime, coming off what happened on Monday night against New England. And then they go three and out to start the second right. half, too. They go three or, and out. So and out. it's just Sorry. like, at that time, it just felt like... The walls had caved in for the Bills, and this was going to be a season that was remembered ultimately as one of titanic disappointment mm. for a Bills franchise that had Super Bowl aspirations. And, yeah, they still lost. So they're at seven and six. Um, they're going to have and they have, of course, like we said, the Patriots coming up in two weeks um, and that could be good or bad for them, obviously. And it's just like, yes, they have work to do, but it's a reminder why you do not count out the Bills because they do have – um Josh Allen. And I think Allen is one of those special players that he can really carry it. He put that entire team on his big boy back and nearly took it home. He came near the end um, before they kicked the tying field goal at the end of the fourth quarter. He very nearly scored the game-winning touchdown. It was a game of inches, and so they fell short. But I think people that root for the Bills and support the Bills, and I think Sean McDermott, are thinking to themselves, okay, this is a bummer that we didn't finish off this comeback. But I think we got another we got more fight left in us. We're not going to stay on the mat. We'll be up.
2: I was ready to count them out after the Patriots thing. And that's me jumping the gun on some <laughs> of these things over and over. But I was especially ready to do it about the time Dan hit the office and things looked awful. Mm. And it's the rare game where I think the three of us got to sit down and watch it, you know, tick by tick as it went to its final conclusion. It was totally thrilling. And I, do you I look think at- there's
3: a connection by the
0: way? Since
2: I do.
3: I think that you are You, you a, you're were saying, you were rooting it on. You were yes, I wanted into it. that game as I've seen all year. You're so a spiritual torchbearer for these Bills on some level. Josh Allen's game was so good. He goes 12 for 109 on the ground and a touchdown, and that was an early emphasis. Him on design runs and him putting his foot in the ground when he sees man coverage and he sees a, a lane and scrambling for yards, too. I think that could be one solution to their running game struggles. They literally didn't call a carry for their running backs in the first half, which was almost hilarious, and Bills fans uh, are losing their mind. You know, they finally call some in the second half, and they pop a couple. Allen hurt his what looked like either his foot or his ankle. He's got a little bit of a toe injury. They, they wrapped his ankle and he still played great. And yet I I know I hear everything you're saying, and that's true. And I don't think this team would doubt itself. And I've, I have never gotten off the point where I think they're an AFC contender. I still do at seven and six with all that said, Ooh, this would have been a nice win. Like they don't have a lot of those nice wins against good teams. They have a lot of yeah. heartbreaking losses against said that. good teams. No, and and they yep. could have called a holding or a pass interference mm. on the Bucks late in that game. That that. Non-call, I didn't have as big a problem with as the Mike Evans got a pass mm. interference call mm-hmm. uh, in in overtime, and so a couple things also went against them in this game.
0: They did not make you know, their own luck either. I'll I, get to that in a second. Yeah, this as I've said on like uh, numerous occasions, a lot of my uh, numerous anger, yes, many times. That's another way to say it. Okay. Uh, my anger and my frustration around Tom Brady mostly dissipated when he left New England, <laughs> but sometimes it will resurface when things like that happen. The Bills don't get the PI call at the end of the fourth quarter, and then the Bucks do get a suspect D- DPI uh, call in overtime that sets up the. permanent a good touchdown. job by Evans. He but created it's that James Harden it was a terrible again. call. It was a terrible call. He went. He knew he was trying to it, get a penalty there. I know. And I saw <laughs> the same thing happen for the Browns in the favor of the Browns uh, today again. well, a, They always get the call. Under, so. <laughs> yeah. An underthrown ball receiver comes back to it. And everybody's like giving Mike Evans a ton of credit. It's like he actually he's just playing the ball. He's got to slow down and come back because it's an underthrown ball. And they're just throwing the flag every time. It's got to be a point of em- emphasis mm. that they look at uh, in the offseason. season. <clears throat> This game had so much to it. It
3: was one of the more fascinating games of the year. Like Godwin, Evans, Gronk, and then Perriman and, and Fournette in the end. They made such good plays for Brady. Not always on the best throws, too. Like, that's underrated, too, that he has guys that can make plays. But I, I think it showed the strengths and the weakness of McDermott. The strengths are... Romo made a good point of him adjusting on the sidelines and really changing what they did defensively about midway through that second quarter. Romo kind of first guessed that there, and McDermott didn't wait for halftime to make adjustments. They changed what they were doing defensively, and they shut it down. That's where McDermott is maybe as good or better than any coach in the league. But with some of the game management stuff, uh, kicking a field goal inside the five early in the game. They go for a fake punt on fourth and two instead of just okay having that. your offense out there to go for the fourth and two. It didn't work, so that's easy to guess. But the biggest problem I had was, was the punt mm. uh in the fourth quarter. And you can say, Well, look, they came back. Like that was him trusting the defense. Well, it was right before the Bucks went on a six minute drive. And the way the Bills were playing offense at that point, I I think actually supports the the point when they go touchdown, touchdown, field goal after that, it's like they're playing good offense. Trust them to go get a couple yards. You got to like one you.
2: thing. Coming out of last week when they were getting killed in the red zone against New England, they had a touchdown that where the drive got ended at the Tampa Bay 18, a touchdown from the Tampa Bay 15, a touchdown from the Tampa Bay 4, and a field goal from the 7. They capitalized on that this and, time around. Yeah,
0: and you know what? That's they're why I want to see the Patriots and Bills play in normal weather. Right, but when right, you but talk about like McDermott adjusting, team, though. he did
2: not adjust in that Patriots game. You gotta go do it in that game too. I mean it just I think they were exposed and then wait they are mm. confirmed as a good team again.
0: All right, so the Bills uh finished with three of four uh teams under five hundred and the Pats uh and one last note on Brady. That's seven hundred career touchdown passes when you factor in the postseason and he also, for whatever this means to you, probably doesn't mean much, he became the NFL's all time completions leader. So he owns every record in I bulk. mean,
3: when you play till 44, some of these numbers are poor, going to come your way. Poor Drew Brees. I was thinking, like, Drew Brees keeps having to talk, like I saw him on Sky Sports earlier, just talk about how great Brady is as he, like, breaks his records. That's, like, the ultimate revenge. And Manning's on the Manning cast talking about how great Brady making, is. Like, seven like this million is the like, dunk in the football fine.
0: on his biggest rivals. I don't know. I, I'm not that concerned about Drew Brees. Know. But, uh, yeah. Let's, uh, let's now move <laughs> to the other overtime late game. Two barn burners kind of saved this Sunday.
1: Jimmy Garoppolo, first and 10, 12-yard line, Get a roll to his left. Throws, caught by Brandon Ayuk on the 10, 5, diving for the end zone. Now he's in. That, that's clearly think, a touchdown. Yeah, I think that is a touchdown. Here is Craig Rolstadt. What do you got, Craig? After a view, <laughs> it is a touchdown. Touchdown! <laughs> touchdown!
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: San Francisco!
0: Yeah! <laughs> If <laughs> if she she gives me the to, bongos. That worked Ayuk, out good. Ayuk is on fire. Whoa. <laughs> he don't need no water. Let him score. <laughs> Whoa. And that doesn't get bongos, Ricky.
3: <laughs> She's a tough grader. Uh, that's, you got to put that in for the call of the year, the though.
0: call yeah. of the year. Beat it, world. Greg Papa and Tim Ryan, KNBR. You know, people now are paying attention, Ricky. That's a responsibility you have. Where do the bongos belong from week to week? Are you ready for that responsibility? Maybe she's found
2: a better landing spot. Yeah. Let's wait and Man, see. I'm
0: not judging you. I'm saying you're aware, though, that people see you, that as a reward. Dan, like your
1: power rankings, there's hmm. other things that come into okay. right.
0: consideration. There could be other strategies, too.
3: Maybe a, a bad game named some juice. Any right. thought about or that?
1: it's too early in the show and you don't want to lose you all
3: the
0: juice. The bongos. Yeah, you got to figure Listen, it out. No judgment zone. Thank you. Just we've saying, we've people that are paying Jet attention. Saints
2: coming up. Got we just—you don't know what
0: could got be out there. <laughs> Jimmy G connected with Brandon Ayuk, who dove over that pylon for the game-winning score. And great editing work by Tamposi there, chopping it all up, lifting the 49ers to a 26-23 overtime win over the Bengals. The San Francisco uh, football team blew a 20-6 to lead in the fourth quarter, fell behind it, uh, fell behind by a field goal in overtime, but they found a way. Mark thanks to big-time efforts from Jimmy G. Ayuk and another I'm better than everyone performance from George Kittle.
2: You said it. Uh, I was trying to think of what what this game made me feel because I went in with so much excitement thinking that, you know, these two uh, pet teams of mine would create a barn burner (laughs) from wire to wire. And it was not the case. And it kind of reminds me like, um, you know, back back in the day, you'd go to like a huge house party and stay at someone's house. And you'd sleep over and there'd be this one guy on the floor. That you didn't really know at all. Sure. uh, But he was like snoring or snoozing, totally out. And like you'd be there for two hours waiting for him to wake up and get farting. And Ah! you'd be thinking, like, this guy is the most sloth like, annoying individual ever. And then when he awakens suddenly he's dropping bombs he's funny he's oh. hilarious and he's like he's the life of the party you're thinking that's what this game was hmm. when it started to round into form because you were w- oh, yeah. w- uh, you're not trusting jimmy g in this game early on you're- joe burrow the passing attack for cincinnati was off kilter and then both quarterbacks caught total fire and they just ditched the running games which is you know atypical for both of these teams It was one big play after the next. George Kittle, 13 catches, 151 yards and a touchdown. It was on our Friday show... That Greg asked, why aren't the Niners just throwing it to George Kittle over and over? Well, they listened. I said that actually. No, it was Greg. It was definitely Greg. Yeah, it was. It, it, and, it, and they did it
3: today. And what you know a what? call by me. It was you. you
2: and Greg, you, you called it. yourself a potential <laughs> offensive coordinator, so maybe you've got something going on there. George Kittle is good. This became a total fireworks show down the stretch. And I thought that Burrow and Jimmy G, especially you Jimmy G. Not, you know, have one of his terrible... He almost had one, but a oh. terrible turnover. None of that. Like, it was one big play after the next, and it gave me faith in the Niners because I really thought mentally they were broken hmm. after Robbie Gould missed that field goal. I thought they were going to go Robbie. into into overtime and just get waxed. They did not. They came back with the winning drive after the Bengals' field goal, and they are 7-6 they are and six like every other team in the league right now, so, and they've got
0: life. So, like, with this game... Uh, just like the first game we talked about, I came away with it more impressed with the losing quarterback, Joe Burrow, who was just so fun. I I tweeted. uh, Well, he's a better quarterback, but Jimmy G didn't collapse, right? Let me just finish. Like I tweeted uh, during the game, I want to be a Bengals fan. And everybody, I was kind (laughs) of winking, obviously, because nobody would want to be a Cincinnati fan. But it's there is something to be said when you're watching games now and there's this 23-year-old quarterback with a ton of charisma That is really making the Bengals fun to watch. And you could see it in that stadium, how fun the – even though the three and four at home this year, and they've had some clunkers, it's just a really fun atmosphere. And when he got that team rolling, it just felt like it was over. It felt like once Cincinnati got back into the game, once they tied it up, once they took the lead in overtime, that Garoppolo was either going to fumble or throw an interception, and we'd be talking about the same old stuff with San Francisco – and yet I think Jimmy D- G does deserves credit here, Greg, because this was a big time performance from him. It's not just whoever is the quarterback for George Kittle's, a, a great player, or Brandon Ayuk. He did deliver in a big spot where he could have melted. He
3: did. But that, that dive, that play by Ayuk was crazy. Some of those catches by Kittle, it's a team effort. And more than anything, he got a chance to do it because of Nick Bosa. Like that, that overtime drive that Cincinnati had ends on one of the Nick Bosa's two sacks and both of those sacks came in massive spots that San Francisco 49ers are so shorthanded at cornerback uh, because of injuries also because of Dante Johnson a, a starter who unfortunately lost his mom over the weekend and was not available for this game and they're playing just kind of ham and eggers and that's why T Higgins can go five for 114 that's his third straight over a hundred uh, but it's like the you love to see your best players show up and that's Kittle Ayuka is, is now becoming one of those. Obviously, Jimmy G, but also Bosa. That was just like a massive game. And seven and six in the NFC, like the Forty ers are, is not the same as seven and six in the AFC. The Forty ers are a solid game up on the seven seed, even uh, with that win. So each one of these wins in the NFC uh, for San Francisco really gets them closer. It probably is only going to take them going two and two the rest of the way to make the playoffs. The way this NFC is shaping up, you're right. I think that the Niners. Did a pretty good job of masking their
2: issues on the outside at cornerback for much of this game, and then it was too much and you know had had the Bengals been waxed, had this just taken on the form of the early part of the game, I would look back at Zach Taylor kicking Ooh. a field goal from the San Francisco ten. At 4th and 2, later on, or earlier on, I should say, they kicked a field goal from the San Francisco 19 at 4th and 1. This does not get you invited to the analytics Christmas party. Um, That's sort of 1996 tactics right there. But, you know, when you've got Burrow playing the way he did on the stretch, it
3: masks some of those (laughs) sins. You you reminded me of a pretty classic uh, text rant from the Spice Rack. Are we... Do you guys want to? It's filled with
0: expletives. Do you think that our uh, audience uh, wants to hear it? I don't know. Maybe you could clean it up so Ricky doesn't have to do so much work. Or well, maybe it'd be funnier if you just let it rip. I don't know.
3: Uh, okay, uh, I don't know where to start because it went on for so long. Uh, but here, here we go. Patent it, fire that dip. Fire Zach. Dave Shula, greater than Zach Taylor. Bruce Coslett, greater than Zach Taylor. Dick LeBeau, greater oh, than Zach Taylor. Shittiest f***ing shithead in history. Picked a great time to establish the run. What a face asshole. Oh, boy. And no follow-up text <laughs> what is to that these, later. The these, funny the, thing is, Coslett over Taylor is actually the most vicious thing he said in there. Or Dave Shula. Uh, Shula, a Shula, Shula, one. Shula, pretty bad. Shula
0: cuts <laughs> what, deep. Bengals <laughs> fans, try to, try to enjoy this. I understand the Sorry, frustration. Ricky. Try to enjoy this. It's a fun, exciting team. They might not win every game, but think where you were two years the ago. The two weeks have now. been pretty heartbreaking uh, if you're a Bengals fan. That, yeah, though. that said, I, they're
2: now the ninth seed. They, they, they've they been bumped All out right. of, you know.
0: Fair enough. Okay, we got to keep moving here. Up next, let's head to Kansas City where the Chiefs are looking to get their offense in gear. And running left. Balls out. Balls out. Of Jacob fumbles. Picked up by Kansas City. Turn, 5 touchdown. Kansas City, Mike. Hughes with the scoop and score on the very first play from scrimmage. Mitch Holtis, WDAF. That was the game. Right there. It was over after one play from scrimmage. The Raiders were ready to go home, and they played like it for the next three and a half hours. Patrick Mahomes threw his first two touchdown passes in nearly a a month. Clyde Edwards-Alaire added two more scores on the ground. The Chiefs' defense continued its surge, forcing five turnovers. Rolling to a 49, 48 to 9 victory over the Moribund Raiders. Oh, they're Moribund now. Uh, Man. That, that keeps Kansas City comfortably ahead in the AFC West. You know, first of all, 48 points, nearly drop a 50 burger. So, again, the temptation here is to say, ah, Chiefs are good now on offense. I'm not quite there. I think, <laughs> I think they had 375 yards of total offense. I think this was a game where, yes, you start with the defensive score. You do a nice job moving the ball. Nothing like otherworldly like old school cheese, but definitely some strides in that department. And then a Raiders team that just weren't there to compete. And this is the same Raiders team. Remember there was that controversy where they – Took the bus and did like a celebration uh, lap. When was that last season? Yeah, that's right. And when they, they the stood Chiefs. on midfield and they did all this stuff. And you know that stuff always comes back to haunt teams when they do Why dumb stuff do like that? that. Because that was obviously a point a point uh, for the Chiefs after the game that they just wanted to destroy this team after they tried to embarrass them uh, uh, at Arrowhead. So yes. Good job by the Chiefs getting right, and by the way, now that five game winning streak is a six game winning streak and if this is a sign that the offense is waking up a little bit, well look out because if you do do combine maybe not record setting offense like the good old days, but a good offense with this very good defense right now, you're going to continue to win a lot of games they're nine and four now, and the Raiders six and seven and getting ready for a dirt. It down. is
2: the worst loss mm. in the sixty one year history of the Raiders.
0: That surprises me. Forty-eight nine is brutal, but I—the whole history of the team. That I got something else
2: that will surprise you. Oh, okay. This game and will annoy you was a scoregami. I will say nothing else, but <laughs> <laughs> eat it.
0: Wow. Wow. Well, that is definitely the most interesting part of this game to me. I can't. I no can't doubt.
3: believe this. The Raiders see, season. Look, the Chiefs have their entire slump offensively has been interrupted now twice by 40 Burgers against the Raiders. They've slumped still against everyone else. Right. Those are their two good games, but yet the, this oh, Raiders yeah. collapse happening in the exact same way that it's happened the last couple of years. I don't know why I'm I'm surprised. They they have a winner go home game uh, on Saturday afternoon. Good luck with that, Mark. Um, you know it's like the last Saturday before Christmas. Um, you know you got to handle your family and but there's a Browns Raiders game Goodbye Saturday. I'm just saying uh, that's, that's kind of a winner go home game in the, you know, the Raiders technically for maybe for both, but certainly for the Raiders, I'm telling you, dude, it's over. It's over, but you have, the thing that's crazy to me is remember that there was that a dolphin. It's almost like it happens at the same time every year too, when they're officially gone, there was that, Dolphins Raiders game a year ago. It's just like it's so depressing. And I I think I know I need to get eyes on this game, but 20 for 24 for Patrick Mahomes is good no matter how you cut it.
0: And 10.8 yards. Yeah, I don't want to undersell it either because given their struggles and they've been fairly immense, Kansas City, uh, for most of the season, just any time you could, you know, run for 130 yards. um, You know, he threw for 258 Mahomes. You're still not getting, you know, Tyreek popped off uh, one. Uh, for 38 yards, just still not getting like those huge, huge games. Travis Kelsey again quiet, um, but this was you know great win, and it was over quickly. Five turnover,
3: five, you know, you win the turnover margin, the- five to nothing. There's no Darren Waller out there. That is ugly. The D, de-
2: I, I know it's the I know it's the Raiders, and they they clearly number one. If you don't match up well against the best team in your division, good luck. But uh, the defense for Kansas City is there's no questioning how powerful they've become. And that can lead you. I mean, it doesn't have to look like it looked in the past for the Chiefs. I mean, this is also a game where Josh Gordon, who tur- turned 38 four weeks ago, um, had a touchdown. So, you know, 38? Impressive.
3: What are you talking about?
2: I'm just saying I feel like we've been talking about Josh Gordon for 17 years, so I'm assuming he's 38.
0: Uh, he, I think he's been 29 for 12 he's straight 30. years. He's a But, uh, yeah, it was like a one-yard touchdown, where it was one of those Mahomes runs that's really a pass. But good for Josh Gordon. He's overcome a lot. Yeah, at Browns, home Broncos, at Colts, versus chargers. Technically, Browns, uh, the Raiders are still alive. Uh, but, oh, there it is. That's when the soul of a team goes up oh, into the oh, net I didn't know It's that. gone. They're gone. The Raiders are gone. I don't know. It's not the same as forked because that's a full vote. I can only tell you when I hear it and that happens. I know, but they dan they are a
2: totally broken boat leaking barrels of water. But what happens when they off Cleveland next week? They're
0: in the they're in the heavens? It's not happening. You did you hear that? Or was I, that just in my head? No, I heard it. It was the soul going Their up. Soul. Right? Yeah, okay. That's gone. The I'm not sure. I the believe. 2021 Raiders. I'm not sure. I believe, but we will. All right, let's pause right here and take a break. We'll be right back. Fourth down and six from the 45 of Baltimore. He's got the snap. Back to pass. Throws. Caught. Bateman got it. And the Browns stop him. A big hit by Denzel Ward. Denzel Ward hit him right on the button at the 45. And the Browns get the ball back. Game set match. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, give him, give it to him, give it to Mark, give it to Shishi. Here we Donovan. go, we got the bongos, Shook. Jim Donovan with the call, WKRK. Do the Browns deserve bongos?
2: Uh, yes, you are not going to be in charge ah. of everything. Hey, when you beat
3: Tyler Huntley uh, barely, <laughs> you got to get the bongos.
0: All right, both of you. <laughs> And exhale. The Browns nearly allowed Tyler Huntley and the Ravens to pull off a miracle victory, but the defense got the big stop on fourth down near midfield. It secured a vitally important 24-22 win at the dog pound. Yes, Huntley replaced Lamar Jackson, who was ineffective before exiting the game with an ankle injury in the second quarter. Shooky, welcome back, buddy.
1: How are you? I'm, I'm great. You oh, know, you're wearing a, beautiful- a, uh,
0: a Steelers winter cap there for a second, but uh, don't is, believe this, is, uh, this Cleveland case.
1: This is Cleveland Cavaliers, baby. Get oh, it right. There ready. you
0: go. Shooky, uh, curious, what was the level of internal terror
1: when Baltimore recovered that onside kick <laughs> in the final minute? Is there? What's this scale on? Is this 1 to 10? 1 to 10 is like pee your pants. 174.
0: Ooh, <laughs> wet pants. <laughs> Change them pants. Yeah, r- a rough little ending there, but I guess – do you take uh, some strength uh, from uh, out of the team's ability to stop the stop that final drive.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, you're playing against Tyler Huntley, who, by the way, led a game-winning drive against the Bears recently. So it's not like mm. he's the worst quarterback in the league, but it's still Tyler Huntley. Mm-hmm. And you let him run all over you a little bit, and you let him throw the ball up and down the field and, and mount a comeback. But you do take a little bit of um, excitement and enjoyment out of that. Jadevian Clowney coming up with a big sack on second down. Denzel Ward with a nice stick on fourth down to stop them well short of the sticks on a play call that I'm sure the Ravens will want back. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're you're happy about the defense. You're still concerned about the fact that the offense couldn't do anything in the second half, could not put their foot on the throat and put this game away when they had multiple opportunities to. And if you're the Browns, you're happy to still be alive in a division that is very wide open after the Bengals mm-hmm. lost to beat the Ravens. I mean, it's all right there in front of you.
2: I feel like because, yet it was concerning when it was 24-6, to 6, I told Greg that I was nervous, and you know, I understandably, logically, were said, "Just shut up with that. You're fine." Right. You say,
3: no, you said the Ravens are going to win, and at that point, it was twenty-four to nine, and the Ravens had the ball with ninety yards to go, and it was like in the fourth quarter. I'm like, "What? Ga- I haven't watched this game, but that's crazy." You know what? You were kind of right. You well, were I right. mean, I just
2: think that we're kind conditioned <laughs> to what the, what the low points these teams are possible. But if anything, from a more like esoteric angle. It, no one's going to remember the details of this game a week or two from now. They needed to They needed to off a division opponent like the Ravens to shut a lot of negativity up. I mean, you could feel the frustration from Baker Mayfield at that one juncture where I don't know if it was the league or the team pulled him off the field after that terrible hit he took, and he was in the face of the medical guy saying, don't make me go in that blue tent. And even like after he had been there in a minute, he peeked his head out to see what the next play was, and then he was back on the field at some point I also, this seemed um, sort of emblematic of the game to me. They kept shooting um, or showing images of Lake Erie, and it looked like an angry Baltic sea. I mean, it looked insane out there. You were on the scene, or at least in the city. What's going on there?
1: (laughs) It's been extremely windy here for the last 48 hours (laughs) to the point where I was carrying a cardboard box outside yesterday with uh, my girlfriend trying to take her to Nordstrom Rack to return some stuff, and I basically almost got blown over by the wind. The box went flying. Wow. It was a large box. So that, that very choppy water's out there. But I thought you were actually going to point out the color of the watermark, which was a nice tinge of um, depressed, depressed brown. And not the, not the brown that the Browns wear, but just like a gross lake water brown. Yeah, uh, But, you know, hey. I mean, I out.
3: know you, like, enjoy every win against the Ravens, but the Browns, to me, are a unique team this year in that there's, they've had a lot of wins you kind of can't totally enjoy. Like, the Lions win, didn't totally enjoy that one. There was that Vikings win early in the season. I'm not so sure about that. There was, like, even that Texans game early, didn't really enjoy that. The fact that this is a team that their trademark was a bit uh, the ability to run in the fourth quarter and, like, grind teams out, lose Kareem Hunt to what could be a big injury, and Chubb Struggles And Baltimore, who's so shorthanded and lost Calais Campbell during the game, rallies back. That It feels like it's about as bad a win over the Ravens, at least, as is possible. That's it.
1: A win is a win, though. And I think I'm that's all you. they want right now. Especially you. the way they lost to them two weeks ago. In another game that they easily could have won if they could do anything offensively. The fact that they were able to pull this one out by building that lead and hanging on for dear life. They all count the same. And at this point in the year, that's all that matters.
0: Lamar, we need to find out the severity of this ankle injury. You know, he goes out in the second quarter. Um, he limps off, can't really put a ton of weight on it, and then gets carded and doesn't return. So, you know, they're, they're cooked. I, Tyler Huntley does make some plays, and he has good mobility. Uh, but also, he's like strikes me as like fairly unique in that I don't know too many co- quarterbacks. And he's young. I think he's in the second season where he almost is not aware that other players are chasing him. The, the blindside shots he takes and the way he holds the ball. So it's almost like he has so much to learn in terms of awareness. It costs him on a couple of different plays, including a turnover in the red zone. So if if Lamar is missing any extended amount of time, I think the Ravens are, are have a very real chance. Because even with Jackson in the lineup. The offense is so bad right now. Um, they play the Packers wonder, and then at the Bengals and then the Rams. There is a that chance. It's a rough stretch. There's a chance. And on the Brown side of thing, I, I do still feel the same way. They did not score a point in the second half. Uh, it's such a it's conservative offense now. Less than 300 yards here. I know Baker after the game said he was he's feeling better than he's felt, but there's just no juice to this team I, on offense. I'm not buying
2: the feeling better thing. I mean, it's it's. I just think that this is a quarterback struggling in every possible way. They don't have. Does he have a- to be
0: in the lineup if he's? I hear what you're saying. I hear
2: what you're saying. Like they, they just they don't have a clear cut number one wideout. Um, they were without two tight ends that I think are important to Baker today. They could. They haven't been. It's it's two straight games against the Ravens. They haven't been able to run the ball. In the first game, you picked off Lamar four times and lost. In this game, Lamar barely played and you nearly lost. I think that should be a heat check whether you came out of here with a victory or not.
1: I have one question. Yeah, uh, oh, go at ahead, one point it. in that game, at, at one point in the game, the Ravens had more points than they had first downs, and it still ended up a two, a two point finish. Like uh, that, that
0: it should be concerning. Yeah, very wild ending to the game. Uh, one question, Mark. We when we drafted this week, I took the Browns game because you said you needed a break and didn't want to watch it. Browns. You very <laughs> clearly watched the game close. So here's what happened. We were on a break. We were. Um, <laughs> I took. I was under the
2: impression that Bengals Niners was a 1 p.m. game and it (laughs) got moved to 4 p.m. So I got that ugly 2, 4 p.m. thing. So I had, you know, the ability and
3: the bandwidth to watch it. It. I, I can confirm this. He came in talking about it. He's like, he was suddenly surprised. He's like, what? That's at 420. They did move that game. So he was looking at an I,
2: older I, yeah, thing on Pro Football Reference. I like my day to less uh, frenetic. So right. I always start with more upset. games. And then, it, you know, I, I got killed the, today.
0: the point of it was, though, that you needed a break from them entirely. Right, that's true. Yeah, but really... no, like,
2: if I really wanted a break, I'd be, like, in a park somewhere, this, like, you, you know, like eating a picnic. <laughs> true or I mean,
3: false. You watched the Browns oh, yeah. game more closely than your, quote, primary game tennessee jacksonville we see what you're doing you better bet your ass i did (laughs) you better
0: bet your ass all right let's
1: move on here's newton he's gonna throw
0: quick shot intercepted michael walker and he's got road in front of him walker will score 15 10 5 a pick six off cam newton and atlanta leads west durham with a call wzgc Linebacker Michael Walker returned to an interception of Cam Newton, 66 yards for a touchdown. The Falcons improved to 6 2 on the road this year. 29 21, they beat up on the Panthers. Uh, Shookie, Atlanta, they're they're not good, like at all, but they are undeniable, uh, undeniably in the NFC playoff picture with four games to play.
1: Yeah, I had that moment today when I looked at their record on on the score graphic and thought to myself, Oh no! This team has a legit shot to make the playoffs, and I don't know what I'm getting That's from terror. this team That's on a weekly basis. A yes, yeah, it's terrible because the, the that, this is the one situation in which the third wild card might actually produce like a, a bad team. Like last year, Washington kind of got hot going to the playoffs, so it made for like, Chicago. An uh, you
3: know, we had to watch Trubisky win the Nickelodeon yeah. Valuable
1: Player Award. That was pretty <laughs> rough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, th- th- this is the this game was between two similar teams that was kind of a snoozer in the fourth quarter, which is more emblematic of where the Panthers are headed right now. I think you have to be. Pretty proud of the Falcons because of what they're doing, I think, with the talent that they have. Because, I mean, you got Kyle Pitts, who's who's flashed at times, but oh, you haven't had Calvin Ridley for a long time. Um, You know, it, it's just, you can tell when, they, <laughs> when they're out there and Quadri Allison's getting carries and, and you're throwing to Russell Gage. This is not a team that's loaded with talent, and yet, they are scrappy. And in a game like this, they're playing a team that's similar. They're both kind of just out there, existing right now. Uh, you know, they took advantage. <laughs> they forced it, the Amy. team. I mean, <laughs> they They, they, that's to they, that are, right? they watched America. this
3: game the first time around, though, and Carolina wiped the floor with them physically, like, ran it 49 times and just, like, bossed them around. And so, I, to me, it's telling. It's these two young coaches that Atlanta comes back around. They were, like, negative 100 million points point differential this year. They were 32nd in DVOA coming into this week and yet they're 6 and 7. And I think looking at these two teams you can say one team is better coached. And I and Carolina who you bring in Cam Newton that's a mess. I know that. But you score 21 points with him and PJ Walker and your defense comes back on the field when your offense cuts it to one score late and all you got to do is get one stop and you can give the, your offense a chance and their defense could not get off the field. And you know what? Kyle Pitts, I know he only went five for 61, but he always makes big, like game winning type third and 13 conversions. So that doesn't show up in your fantasy box score, Dan, but I think hey. he's, he's, I think he's won them a couple games. I, I was really was going to say my
0: frustration, and he has, you're yeah. right. He's made some big plays. My frustration has nothing to do with Kyle Pitts, the player yeah. or the prospect. I think he's really talented and has a chance to have a great career. Uh, but at one point I tweeted in the first quarter, <laughs> Kyle Pitts fantasy owners looking at the box score and realizing yet another four thirty eight zero outings upon us with Jack Nicholson from The Shining knocking down all the dishes. Ouch. With four minutes left in this game, he had four catches for 38 yards <laughs> and zero touchdowns. Then he got the big catch. That was huge. But anyway, the Falcons offense is a little sleepy and dreary, uh, but they're in the mix. I, I shook. This came across my email, something that you wrote, to flip it to Carolina and their
2: coaching issues. Matt Rule's spaghetti-at-the-wall approach is growing tiresome. I have been a big supporter of Rule, but the last fortnight has been about as ugly as it could get
1: for Matt Rule and the whole idea of what he was bringing to Carolina. Yeah, I'm glad you said this because this is my bone to pick with them. I am out on Matt Rule, like completely out. He cans his offensive coordinator and, and you know makes him the scapegoat. Hands the job off to his lifelong buddy and they put up 21 points while rotating quarterbacks at times. What is the point of rotating? Mm. Co- what are you trying to figure out? What you have in PJ Walker? We know what you have in PJ Walker, an XFL star who is a backup quarterback in the NFL. Why are you wasting your time well, doing this? Well, they played a the temple like too,
0: and that matters to the head coach. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. The background. That's great. I mean, Go. but is,
3: is PJ Walker much worse than 2021
0: Kim Newton. And I love Kim no, Newton. But I'm why just the saying, process of
2: of going back and know. forth
0: yes. between them?
1: That, that, and that's my point is what, what is the point that we're going back and Can I, 2022? I could add maybe
0: a little context just that I saw some of the beat reporters saying that thing you've heard about Cam because he signed in the middle of the season. He doesn't have a good level of knowledge in the two minute, uh, drill in, in the, uh, playbook. So they put in Walker at the end of the half. That's why he went in and that's why Cam came back in the third quarter. But even then, it's just like, what are we doing here? Like, wh- yeah, and you know what, what are we doing, Matt?
1: You know that 2 minute drill that they put him in for, you know how it ended? PJ Walker throwing one of the worst picks I've okay, seen this year. There you go. That I and mean, that, that's the pants last I'm pick. done. I'm done with them.
0: I think and we're going to get to Urban Meyer cuz I think he's roadkill basically, but I think Rule yeah. when you you're going to get to that 6 to 8 number at the end of the year on black on Black Monday. I think Rule despite that contract that he signed mm. is very much in danger right now. Yeah, that's depressing. We will well say. plus
3: there's four gate like there's four games left, Mark. So let's say they lose them all. You know what I mean? Then that that plays a big factor. Like, if they lose it all, it keeps getting worse, and it's 5-12. and 12, Well, that, I think that we all hurts. know the owner is hurts an impatient
0: team. individual. All right, one more game with Shooky, and we're lucky to have him. <laughs> Hand off to Gordon. Gordon to big hole. 10. Gordon to the 5. Gordon into the end zone. Touchdown, Denver. 14 yards on the touchdown scamper as he walks into the end zone. The Broncos honored the memory of Demarius Thomas with emotional tributes and a 38-10 win over the Lions. Running backs Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon each scored a pair of touchdowns. And Draymond Jones had a big game, two sacks of Jared Goff. So, obviously, a, a very emotional day in Denver. Um Damaris Thomas died at his Georgia home on Thursday, age 33. You know, they're still working through the details of what exactly happened, but a tragic loss, obviously for one of the greatest players in franchise history at the wide receiver position. Uh, several Broncos arrived at the stadium wearing number 88 jerseys. Uh, kicker, Brandon McManus wore custom cleats featuring Thomas's smile. There was a pregame moment of silence, a video tribute featuring Thomas's 80 yard touchdown catch from Tim Tebow in that famous playoff game. And then, It all culminated uh, with the Broncos taking the field with just 10 men uh, to start the game the first snap in honor of Thomas. It was a five-yard penalty. Of course, the Lions declined the delay of game. So, you know, shook a really sad time, and Broncos, um, for that organization, Uh, they were able to uh, process that and play a really strong game and kind of keep themselves in the mix in the AFC as well.
1: A really strong game and a good bounce back performance for them after that frustrating loss to the Chiefs in primetime last week. You know, this is another team that's right there in the hunt. This is a game that, you know, you couldn't afford to, to be kind of a trap game, especially the Lions coming off of that victory. And they took care of business and what was a somber day uh, that they also handled with extreme class, I think. Um, you know, the, you could say a lot about the franchise and, and the way they've operated since the 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 passing of Pat Bolin and and this is one of their you know brighter moments both on the field and just in terms of their own history and honoring you know one of the legends of that team and and for them from their season outlook you know you you, you get right back on the horse and you keep going forward and uh, it, it's a positive day for them I mean you get a strong day out of your running attack you kind of dominate the game and you you, just, you take care of business so good on them they they called eighteen runs to five passes in the first
3: two drives. You don't see that too often, and it was 14-0. It's like a lot of people have been getting on Melvin Gordon this year because I just went the Javante Williams' show, and Javante Williams like made a great spin move on his touchdown catch. Melvin Gordon's good ball player. You want to have two good running backs. It's a great combo. It's a Vic Fangio dream, and this team who's just the exact picture of mediocrity gets to that Cincinnati game next week, Still in that mix, still in that seven and six mix, where one of those two teams, whoever wins that game, uh, is going to have a, a nice little juice. A I mean, nice what little if you bump were? Coming what into what if end. you
2: were Vic Fangio and you told ownership back in August, "We'll have the same
3: record as the Buffalo Bills coming out of Week 14? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I guess. I mean, even if you had just said, "We'll be seven and six," I think they'd be like,
2: "Okay." I, that, I would that's sell it the, okay. I would sell it with the Bills angle. I think that would probably be shinier.
0: Let's see where the Broncos are. I'm looking at the updated playoff standings well, going into Sunday Night Football. They're 10th. They're up two spots. They're 10th. Uh, but, yeah. but they're
3: tied. I mean, they're tied <laughs> right. with
0: the sixth spot. It's crazy
3: that the, that there's one game between like the four and the 13 or, no, or the or the 10
0: rather. It's crazy. There's
2: five AFC teams that are seven and six. Hello,
0: parody. All right, Chucky. Uh, thank you for joining us, pal. And um, we'll catch up with you next week and make sure to check out Nick's great work on NFL.com. And he's all over the network now. Shook making a little play. You know, maybe, we want him to be successful. It's like when Sam Darnold was traded to the Panthers. Uh, we want it. We want him to find success in his new home because he's a good guy, but just don't become too successful. Because what do you mean? Like, mean Sam works for is the NFL. It's it's a, a, what do you mean a, new home? I don't, well, I don't want yeah. him to take over power rankings. I don't want him to take my chair here on uh, around the NFL. I want him to have his own lane where he's successful but he doesn't impact me in a negative way. Seems fair. <laughs> like, not a crazy
1: request. I mean,
2: Shook will be at the bottom of that Lake Erie scenario if he gets too close to Dan. Trust me. Or Greg, especially. Please.
1: Whoa. Yeah, I, Whoa. I, I mean, cinder blocks <laughs> around my ankle. Okay, I, I, I don't want that.
0: <laughs> I, don't, right, I, don't, Shook, I don't want to be the you Lake Erie. <laughs> there <laughs> goes the pipe. What's up with you, Mark? What was that what? comment? Especially. Speaking, especially. speaking truths. <laughs>
3: Please. You
2: just said you don't want him near anything that you are, d- right. are doing.
0: I was joking, and then you came in with some like. Because <laughs> I was just saying when I saw, I
2: saw Greg's, pie. I saw Greg's mind working, so I just was translating Greg's mind. Ricky,
0: did you notice like I'm joking around over here, and then Mark's throwing ninety-eight.
1: Erica up around totally the head.
2: gets what I'm saying, right, Erica?
1: Well, I. By think the way, you...
2: don't come after Erica either.
1: What? So, so throwing it at me yeah. makes it better. I feel like I we know, should. Really. I feel like we should take a minute and yeah. just like recompose everybody, ourselves.
0: Everybody, take a deep breath. Yep, we got a lot of show left. Yeah, we'll be back after. Just this set break. fire
2: to the whole room.
1: <laughs> back is Allen pressured. Gets a f- ball, throws the ball out as he's being sacked by uh, Gregory. But it may be if a it's a fumble, it's picked up by Dallas.
0: They are calling it Gregory forcing oh. a fumble, and Dallas has recovered brad sham the sham god k-r-l-d with the call the cowboys led washington 24 zip and 27 8 before kyle allen replaced an injured taylor heineke led a 73 yard touchdown drive and then cole holcomb intercepted Dak, ran it back for a pick six but washington's comeback bid came to an end when allen fumbled with 224 to play final score cowboys 27 Washington 20 a preordained outcome after big bad zaddy Mike McCarthy foretold it and shared his <laughs> visions with the masses Please. the big the big bad zaddy
1: made it all about him you know, we're, we're gonna win this game um I'm confident in that confident in that confident in that we're, we're gonna win this game confident confident confident
0: yeah the zaddy I
3: like it He's it's like, it's like, I want everyone to talk about me. Lock
0: it up, baby. Get on the side <laughs> oh, of the that's big what, bad that's zaddy. That's what's
3: going on here.
2: I get get on
0: the side of the big bad zaddy. Well, congratulations. Greggy too. That, oh, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's like, it's oh, there. and the Westlings, they locked up the Bucks. Got away with that one. Ricky locked up the bye week. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you didn't make a pick? <laughs> yeah, she did. She locked up the... Yeah, I
1: picked the Bills. Because yeah. I really was like, the Bills, you know, the... the no, UFC... that's a lock
0: for you. You wanted the other team to win, right? Yeah, I won. Yeah, lock it up again. <laughs> we're flying. The Titans won. is back there. Hit him up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the
3: Cowboys were outscored 20-3 to three in a game where... For the most part, their defense was absolutely dominant. Where they hit Tyler, Taylor Heineke so many times that he was injured. Ah, it was like that, like this was the blown lead that felt the flukiest. At no point did I think Washington was going to complete this. And yet, the Cowboys getting the ball seven times in the second half, just like that Saints game. Although the Saints game, they won by a lot. Seven times in the second half, and they got three points. And you know how they scored those three points? Their offense set them up in field goal range, and then they had a ten, you know, 15-yard drive. They did nothing. It's weird. That, Cowboys fans are freaking out right now because Dak had a game where he could have thrown about four interceptions. Mm. He did not play well in the first half when they got, got out to about a 24 nothing lead. I was thinking this is exactly like Thursday night where Kirk Cousins is somehow having one of his worst games of the year and they're winning 29 to nothing. It was very similar to that. And you add that up and it is, it is concerning. And yet you you do have to remember the other side counts too. And the Cowboys defense is freaking amazing. I'm looking at this. This is Hmm. one of
2: the weirder and more incredible drive charts I've seen all year. 11 of 14 marches for the, for Washington Went for 11 yards or less.
3: The first half was as dominant a defensive performance as any half of football all year. The Washington football team had six drives. In those six drives, they turned the ball over twice. They had a total of 29 yards on those six drives. And if the Cowboys could have held on to some interceptions, they actually touched the ball far more in the first half. I, I counted it up six or I think it was six passes defense. About four of those were dropped interceptions. Heineke was a mess. Uh, and he only had two or three completions. So at that point in the game, like the Cowboys were just running all over this team. And yet the offense, like should have put up 60 points in this game. It was crazy.
0: It's yeah. Very weird. I mean, just the box score here, Dak, Averages five and a half yards an attempt, the Gabbard zone. Zeke with another, you know, forgettable game, less than four yards a carry. They ran for
3: for most of the second half as Clement played. So he's hurt. He's hurt. Because,
0: you know, we had no Pollard in this game. He was out as well. So, you know, even with Pollard not in the mix, they still didn't think Zeke was a guy who could uh, make it through the game. And I guess he couldn't. So it's like, man, I think, and we talked about this going into this game, both on the podcast and on the TV show, that is Dak going to kind of come. Come you know back to being the Dak that was an MVP level guy, and man, it's starting to mount. The weeks are starting to mount, Mark. Where it's just not happening here.
2: And yet, I mean, just with the way the the league is, and with the way it's been for quarterbacks this season, like I'm willing more than ever to forgive slumps. And
3: um, you know, we could be weeks away from Prescott getting in a hot streak well, again right, at the they, right time. They put them. They basically won the NFC East today, and that was it. Was up for grabs if they had lost this game. So. That's important. Like, you're right. They have four games left, a pretty favorable schedule. They're 9-4. and four. Can they turn it around? They have the personnel to do it. Uh, and just the way that this – like Parsons added another couple massive plays for his defensive player of the year, Tennessee. Gregory returns to this game. Randy Gregory jumps over a cut block, t- tips it up in the air, and intercepts a pass and, and forces a fo- – like – Players matter, and they're getting these players back, and like they still have all the players that should get it done but the Dak thing's weird he's very indecisive and he's like almost afraid to run there were multiple times today where he could have picked up a first down with his legs and he didn't and they punted the ball because he just sort of held it and hesitated Hmm,
0: makes you think Um, and yeah Jane's point made me think it makes me
2: think more of his health
0: though because there's
2: nothing about the personality we know of Dak from hard knocks and beyond that says anything about fear or trepidation. absolutely Uh,
0: yeah Jane had said that maybe the injuries he suffered is leading to something even if it's It's not, like, in his mind directly uh, that he's not running and performing as an athlete in his natural way and being a little bit more gun-shy. So we'll see. And on the Washington side, yeah, this was their chance, their ticket to get back into the division race. The defense balls out, and they still don't find a way. That's a frustrating loss. Let us move on. Rolling to his right as Herbert sets his feet, takes a shot downfield, has Guyton. Caught! Touchdown! Chargers! (laughs) Chargers! <laughs> there one. is one quarterback in the NFL that can make that play and he is on the field here this afternoon and it makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! Put that in the best of uh, list right that Matt there. Money Smith. Good one. Our boy the voice of God for the Around the NFL podcast also gets a paycheck from KYSR Chargers Radio. Great call. Justin Herbert is a savage in the pocket. The second-year stud <laughs> threw three touchdown passes, including that impossible missile to Jalen Guyton. He's done two, He's done that two weeks in a row. Just crazy passes in the end zone to Guyton. 37-21, Chargers beat Giants. Mark, we challenged the Chargers to take care of business, business and act the part of an actual AFC contender. and They did it today.
2: They absolutely did. Setting up a monstrous game on Thursday night with the Chiefs. Saucy. And go back and listen to that call again from money because there's an obviously distinct pause after he threw the ball and when it was caught i mean this was one of the biggest ropes i've ever seen from any nfl quarterback of all time to the point where daniel jeremiah said that he's never seen a throw like that and i mean yes it came against the giants which to me i mean the giants at this point are not unlike um when someone unleashes like a killer fart in a car in the middle of winter, like you're in a tough place. Oh, yeah. Second fart and, reference. Well, that's what they seem like. But the like opponent to me.
0: has nothing to do with that. That unbelievable ability. That, it, no, it's separate. And I like, this. What this yeah. was
2: the Chargers. Taking care of business, and you know Mike Williams, a second week in a row with total chemistry with Herbert. Uh, they just thumped the Giants, who are in a terrible place. And you know we had a conversation about like Saquon Barkley just doesn't look right to me in this offense. But forget the Giants. I think this was about, and they, you know the the Chargers. This is a classic scenario where you could have imagined them getting clipped like 27-24 and taking all the wind out of the sails. It adds faith in Brandon Staley. It adds incredible faith in Justin Herbert, who, when he gets on a roll, the height, with the height of their powers, the Chargers can beat any team mm. in the league. This was another awesome Bosa performance, by the way. I mean, they had some inspired
3: performances all over the field. Leads the league in forced fumbles, Joey Bosa. They... We're up thirty seven to seven with five minutes to go in a game they lost the turnover battle two to nothing. I, I think Herbert's just like the evolution of the NFL is like the players always get better. That's what I think. Like it just in terms of physical ability. And to me, Herbert and Mahomes just do things I've I haven't seen before. I think the throws that Herbert makes are throws I haven't necessarily seen mm. before, and that he's just when it's right. It's so fun to watch and seeing Guyton and then Josh Palmer also went five sixty six and one in this game. Those two guys coming on and being factors really I think can help round out their
0: offense. Austin Eckler remains an important part of this offense. He went out with an injury. Anything on that? Moment? So.
2: Brandon Staley said afterwards, and you know he just want to wait till the next day, but that he looked, he thought he was fine, and he also said that Keenan Allen is is, should be back on Thursday night as well. So I mean, he was out with
3: COVID, right?
2: That that's you know this offense. I, I I love that this game is happening against Kansas City when it is because this is the most. Uh, steamy version of the Chargers we've seen all year.
0: And we'll preview that game, you know, in full on Tuesday because that is, I think, such an important game in the arc of this organization. I'm not going to, like, I don't want to oversell it, but, you know, if they really show up and beat the defending conference champions, they are all of a sudden, Hmm. a lot of people are going to see them differently. But in the here and now, they took care of business, and that's important. Anything else to add on this game?
3: One just housekeeping is that they said Daniel Jones is going to see a different neck specialist Uh on Monday. And just the way they framed it, and it's a neck injury. Four games left of the season. I just wouldn't be surprised if if he's put down for the year, and they're kind of thinking about that draft
0: pick. Maybe too. right. Neck injury plus four and nine plus middle of December. I mean, the plus, chances plus that you Joe see him again.
2: Judge with a thousand yard stare that does not that Lenny, you concerned. Lenny her.
3: Williams also got hurt in this game. Joe Judge taking three timeouts with four minutes left down like 30 points, trying to get the best backdoor cover of the season. And Giants backers were loving that. That was a, one of the funniest things I've ever seen.
0: Him, Joe- take, <gasps> him taking the timeouts down 30 points. Uh, it was, all, it was good. Hey, man, that's right out of the Tom Coughlin book. All right, <laughs> Joe Judge uh, could be in trouble. Uh, you could say the same for Urban Meyer. He had a chance. Uh, to put another week of ugly controversy behind him against the division rival Titans. It didn't really go to plan, however. Tannehill rolling to the left, turns, runs, scores, finger roll, touchdown! (laughs) Yes, sir! Yes, sir! Mike Keith with a call WGFX. The finger roll is the most underrated touchdown celebration in the NFL. It's the... Ryan Tannehill kind of does the Air Jordan thing and then does the spin of the ball away. I just like it. Tannehill didn't throw a touchdown on Sunday, but he ran for one. And that was all the Titans would need. And a 20-to-zip win over the completely depressing Jacksonville Jaguars. Tennessee snaps a three-game losing streak, fortified their standings atop the AFC South with four weeks to go. Also, the first home shutout in more than two decades. Surprising nug there. Mark, Tennessee desperately needed a performance, and more to the point, an opponent like this.
2: Came at the perfect time. We don't need uh, the the Tennessee Titans to be like a flock of hotties at this point. They're living life on the razor's edge. They got a lot from their defense today. You know, the last two games, it was nine turnover giveaways for the Titans, which unspooled them. They did it today to Jacksonville. I mean, Jacksonville had a big part of this. Their offense is... Um, it just doesn't exist. And Trevor Lawrence had his worst game of the year. He's been put in a terrible environment, but a lot of it has to do with the pressure that Tennessee put on him. Um, Their are ball-hawking secondary. I and mean, it just... This team, to me, it's like a classic team win where, you know, Tannehill does not... Julio Jones three four catches for 33 yards he's not coming in and saving the day but Tannehill spread the ball all around he had a a, like a really rough and tumble 17 yard run early that was followed by an unnecessary roughness that set up an important score he had a touchdown run later on he did just enough and I talked to Graver Digger during this game I think we thought you know this was a complete team win for a team that's very incomplete right now personnel wise
3: I totally agree
2: <laughs> yeah, forget about
0: the game Graver, <laughs> anything, first of all, was the wife listening And not your wife, not our wives, thankfully Listening to uh, the podcast on Thursday? No Alright, good Yeah Any other blowback from your appearance? No, there? no
2: You're operating the, Inter- in the machine Use of
0: words there What did I say? Blowback Did, did, <laughs> let me ask you this before we get to the game Um. Because a lot of people were left wondering Yeah um are you looking to enter into a romantic relationship with this woman?
3: I would say yes, but not in any way that is unethical or immoral. No judgment zone here. <laughs> no, man. <laughs>
2: no, I'm starting to piece together um in my mind what's happening here.
0: What? what you, what's your theory?
2: I, I, I'm just going to posit a, a, a theory that, that she is in an like an open marriage of some sorts where she's allowed to do what she's <laughs> wow. doing because you say there's no ethical issues. Mark's or maybe, fantasy scenario maybe comes your, in now. Maybe your ethics are not challenged by it. I'm just saying no, or, or nobody's
0: ethics challenged uh, by it. It's
1: not an open marriage situation. Well,
0: okay, <laughs> okay. Well, maybe she doesn't need that to be told. This anyway. is great but, stuff. Yeah, that's excellent. All right, we're going to continue to get updates on Graver. Mm. Uh, hit his music, and now I want to get his thoughts on the Titans. Once we hear... that and that's another episode of
3: i don't know what we're calling this
0: (laughs) digging something other than a grave (laughs) (laughs) digging the grave of that marriage (laughs) oh god (laughs) all right your thoughts on the titans did you, you feel better about the team now there was also a report inevitable report you kind of were expecting it at some point that derrick henry is on track to to return for the playoffs and maybe even Week 18 if the Titans need a regular season win to get in. Uh, you combine it with a 20 nothing lead. How are you feeling, Justin?
1: I feel pretty good about the Titans right now. That Henry report is super encouraging. You, you're you looking ahead, and A.J. Brown should be back. Not this next game, for, but the, the one following that, Thursday Night Football against the Niners. So I think the defense, I mean the shutout, is a pretty impressive thing especially cuz the Jaguars drove the ball deep into Tennessee territory a couple times where it felt like the shutout was going to be threatened but then they came up with whether it was an interception or Jacksonville committed a penalty and pushed themselves backwards like it's tough to really judge too much because Jacksonville's so
0: inept. All right, so let's talk about that. So, uh Tom Pelissero, uh NFL Network reported, actually on Good Morning Football, um he really uh, dropped these bombs Uh, with the great Connie Fox hosting all sorts of heat involving things going on behind the scenes uh, with uh, the Jaguars, with Urban Meyer, not seeing eye to eye with players, with him calling out his coaches and having his coaches, uh, his assistant coaches, uh, explain their credentials and talk about himself as a winner and what have you won, just like the ugliest, most grim stuff ever. And, of course, now that's all anyone wants to talk about, uh, after the game, especially after a shutout loss, here was Urban, just a quick snippet of what Urban Meyer had to say after the latest Jaguars loss. What's the answer? Uh, start leaking information or some nonsense? No. No, that's nonsense. That's garbage. That's,
1: uh, you know, that's, once again, I've been very blessed. I've not really dealt with that. I've, been, I've not dealt with, well, did you hear what he said? That will, that will occupy very little of my time. And if if there is a source that source is unemployed, I mean within seconds if there's some source that's doing that
2: I it just to me it just screams like hi, i 'm as pompous as it gets. I am above everyone, and I think that these reports um, are damaging, I think they 're true. I mean, he also spends half the time on the sideline looking like he ate a squirrel's head. he looks uncomfortable, he looks um, out of place, and I think he can tell that the urban mire. Um, aura or persona that some people are calling legendary because of what he
3: did in college has come to the NFL and been completely undone. I mean, he's an offensive coach. This offense is unwatchable every week. Trevor Lawrence has one touchdown since the bye week. He had four interceptions today. Every week, it's the same thing. It's a battle to score one touchdown. Two never happens. You look at actions, you know what I mean? Like Marvin Jones is... Really well respected as like a leader type of guy. He was mentioned that in that report as someone who left practice had to be convinced if, whether he would come back. James Robinson, like known for being like a you know, great story, great guy. He he's involved in all this. Then you look at Mike Vrabel and Urban Meyer's handshake at the end of the game. Vrabel worked for Urban Meyer for two years, mm-hmm. and it was like the biggest flyby disrespectful move. I don't know which way was more uh, Meyer disrespectful. By, Meyer. Made
0: By eye, Meyer. In No eye contact. By Bol- Robert Robert that pompous yeah.
3: nature. He wouldn't even look at him in the eye. Rabel also didn't even slow down. It is just a disaster and that's why? Watching this offensive performance each and every week and then seeing somehow that the early line of next week's game is Jaguars by three and a half. That the Rainmaker's actually coming out on a Sunday night recap <laughs> show. Take that three and a half before it goes down to three because everyone's going Texans next week. Texans are going to cover that one. All right. There you go, Greggy. That's what I'm <laughs> talking about. You got a shtick. Roll with it, baby. Well, I, I'm 11-1 and one against the spread today, so I'm just feeling myself. So, yeah, I needed just I a, think you a reason feel to yourself go there. There.
0: Congratulations. There you, no, it doesn't do me any good. All right, let's take a break and then hit the rest of the games. Handoff off now, Kamara again, bouncing to the right side, moves inside the 10, 5, he is into the end zone, right side, Alvin Kamara, 16 yards, touchdown,
1: New Orleans.
0: Mike Haas, WWL, with the call, Alvin Kamara ran for 120 yards and a touchdown in his return from a four-game absence. The Saints snapped their longest losing streak under Sean Payton in a 30-9 to win, over the Jets at the Meadowlands, that would that had been a five-game losing streak for New Orleans, but the Jets are the elixir for most teams that need to get right. That was certainly the case here. Uh, Taysom Hill, you know, he's got that finger thing, and it's an issue. I don't. He's already kind of a limited passer, and there were several throws where it just didn't look like it came out of his hand right. Maybe those throws don't come out of his hand uh, right even when the finger is not busted up the way it is, but. Either way, I, I have concerns about Taysom Hill uh, against uh, you know a big opponent in a big spot because I think the Saints are going to hang around and be in this NFC playoff picture. Um, he had a touchdown run when the game still mattered. He added a garbage time run to really juice his stats a little bit. But I would give him a C-plus for the game. The defense was much better. really shut down the Jets. We were missing a lot of guys. Zach Wilson, again, not playing very well. Uh, you give him a little bit of a pass because of the lack of supporting cast in this game. No Corey Davis. No Elijah Moore, who went on IR. We cannot hmm. catch a break. No Michael Carter. He's on IR. No Tevin Coleman. The Jets were 3 of 14 on third down and only had 256 yards of offense. So the Saints take care of business. They stay in the mix in the NFC. They're 6 and 7. They're one of
3: six NFC teams. That's 6 and 7. They are actually, you know, as tiebreakers go, they're last uh, among that group. But their defense, I think, has shown, and they're getting a little bit healthier overall in general, has shown that they can keep bad offenses down. Now, they go to Tampa next week. They're not going to win that game. Uh, But they do have the Dolphins, Panthers, Falcons to finish up. All those games feel winnable. At least it's potent, it's possible, and I think this coaching staff, Saints fans sort of wanted to just throw this season away because it's been painful and they're done, but it's like, no, I think actually you're going to be there in Atlanta week 18, and that game is going to be meaningful. 9-8 very I like newable. that schedule a lot. And I mean, very I think newable.
2: Alvin Kamara, who had 94 of 129 first-half yards for the team, I mean, completely changes what they can accomplish. You know, Taysom like the finger thing or not, is not – I don't think he's going to lead them there. I think they have to come to that conclusion – Sean Payton. But with Kamara, I mean... Well, but
3: you get the 11 for 73 and two touchdowns on the ground and maybe you're helping I, I mean, Kamara more like out long in term, of... we, are, we, are we over this experiment after the
2: season? But go as far as you can this year. And I mean, they were just a, a dead offense without I,
0: Kamara before. I mean, I'll, I will never question Sean Payton's ability to call a football game on offense. But I was surprised for most of this game and maybe it was, it had something to do with the finger as well. I don't know, but they were not using Taysom Hill the way they did against Dallas for stretches, where they just said, we're going to call some design runs and just pick up seven yards, nine yards, 14 yards. That was not happening. For about mm. three quarters of this game, he was just a pocket passer with a bad finger, and it was just like, this is not going to work against a better team. Uh, so I, I think you would want to see more of that working the run game into it, but it just, is the guy that, he's the difference maker. As long as he's healthy and doing things, his touchdown, he made a Jets defender look silly, and he's one of the few guys in the league that can do that, mm. uh, that could just make defenders look like JV players in high school. So,
3: Thirty one touches. To, it's like they, these guys come off IR and they're, and they're just like, get, like, get, out
2: of <laughs> get back to
0: work. Anyway, good job by the Saints. Stay in the mix. They got a chance here. And the Jets, well, the Jets are what the Jets are. And I am a little worried about Zach Wilson. I know it's year one. We'll get into it I'm more. legitimately angry. I'm not. I'm past anger and now maybe acceptance. I don't know. But let's move on to Houston second down and seven run
2: by penny left side breaks one tackle first down he is gone 30 20
1: 10 five touchdown seahawks
0: steve rabel the call k-i-r-o this is like that like Joe Montana waves at John Candy and then goes wins goes and wins a Super Bowl. Music maybe not a perfect fit for this version of the Seahawks. Possibly not. <laughs> uh, who improved to what four and eight or whatever five and eight? Uh, Russell Wilson threw for 260 yards and two touchdowns. Rashad Penny ran for a career high 137 and two scores and a 33-10 win over the decaying Texans. <laughs> Greg, the Seahawks are not very good, and yet two straight wins puts them on the fringes of the NFC Wild Card race. You buying? You buying? No, yes no, because
3: no, they're playing the Rams next week. But yeah. if they could ever get that game, and? then I'm buying. <laughs> well, because the Rams have owned them in recent years, and All right. and they're a good team this year, and the Seahawks, you know, right. haven't been.
0: But I'm buying a little bit because if you get past that, All right, I'm going to ask you again. Just give me a yes or no. Okay. You buying? I'll buy it. All right, he's in, baby. That didn't, the Rainmakers are also buying uh,
3: the Texans next week. Who You just said are to Kane. Oh, no. Uh, this was kind of an old school, like, run-run Russ game, which is like the old Seahawks offense, like run twice to set up third and eight, and then Russell Wilson makes a nice play. 28 passes for 260 yards. Lockett goes for 142, as you mentioned. And uh, Rashad Penny, who's been about as criticized as any first-round pick uh, in recent memory, just because he's a running back and he plays for the like the savvy Seahawks Twitter fans uh, at a career game. So that's nice. Nice day for the Penny brothers. His brother, Elijah Eli, uh, with nice. a two point conversion and running it in for the Giants today. So what a day for Mr. and Mrs. Penny out there. Got to love it. <laughs> I don't know what else to say in this game.
2: <laughs> Greg just assumes that there's a Mr. and Mrs. Penny. I'm sure the homework's not been done there. We don't know what's, I, yeah, what's right. going on.
3: Yeah, you're right. It crossed my mind. I, it's I too hope, late. I hope everyone's uh, there. But no, Russell Wilson really has looked better the last few weeks. Bobby Wagner's been all over the field the last couple of weeks. Uh, and Davis Mills at one point in this game was 14 for 14 for 150 yards and a touchdown. How about that? That, that is the bad. most
2: by a rookie of the, like straight <laughs> completions since 1991 and the most in Texans history. So a banner day. For the Houston finishes Texans with as well.
3: 331 on 49 throws. It, it got way less efficient after that. They didn't do much of anything for a while. But there are moments when Davis Mills is like, well, he's he's a backup at least. Like I will, he's an NFL backup, I think, at least. They, I've seen worse
0: rookies. I mean, there's been worse rookies this year. And at most. I will say this as well that I really had a very strong feeling that the Texans were going to find a way to. Memory hole this season and not have any record of it in their media guide going forward. But Kaimi Fairbairn, Fairbairn? Kaimi Fairbairn (laughs) uh, set a franchise record with a 61 yard field goal as time expired in the first half. So that has to go on the Media the guy. first, yeah, we're back. We're back. The, the, the games
3: in. were ugly this morning, and at halftime, I remember you asked, "Like, is everyone's game terrible?" And I was like, "This is the best possible Seahawks Texans game." The first half of this game had a ton of big time, exciting plays, and then it just turned as into as if
2: all of America in unison should watch this together, not on the condensed version, but the full <laughs> version. It, it was that exciting, Natalorian.
0: Then
3: it
2: got
0: a little less exciting. All right, there you go. That is uh, the early and late games now. Sunday Night Football.
1: Comes back to the left, wide open is Jones, and he is into the end zone again. A back-to-back offensive play, 23 yards
0: this time. Aaron Rodgers threw four touchdown passes, announcing, hey, I'm in this MVP race too, I want to go back-to-back, baby. <laughs> no interceptions. Another brilliant performance from Rodgers in a 45-30 win over the chicago bears a game that featured 45 points combined from two teams in the second quarter alone but once the second half rolled around it was domination for green bay which outscored the bears 24-3 in the final two periods coasting to the win mark Sessler, the bears uh fall to four and nine they're out of the picture. They don't even get to be on the fringe. If you can't even be in the fringes of a playoff race this year, you stink. You're 4-9. The Packers, on the other hand, moved to 10-3 and and put themselves in position uh, to be very much alive in that race for the number one seed. What did you see from them today that you liked, didn't like, anything you got, buddy?
2: I mean, we, we do not know the ceiling of the Green Bay Packers. And, uh, you know, they consistently are either in your top spot in the power rankings or hovering very close as they should be. I will say this though. Um it's another example for me that we spent all last week. I mean I personally did talking about this game it will be not competitive. It shouldn't be on television. And, you know, for all the Matt Nagy talk, the Bears came to play. I mean this was the highest scoring second quarter in the history of the Bears Packers rivalry. And I guys like Jakeem Grant, I thought like were, were remarkable for the Bears in the first half, but you cannot contain Green Bay's offense for the entire
3: game, and the Bears fizzled up towards the end. Yeah, it was twenty-four to twenty-one Bears in the second quarter. <laughs> that's like a, that's a game's game's worth. Uh, but it was a Packers offense. You say that you can contain, and that makes sense. But you have you were able to contain them for about nine weeks this season, and now that Packers offense. Like I hope defense has had their fun against them because that Packers offense is gone. Even though Elton Jenkins isn't there now and Bakhtiari's not back, they are fully loaded. And Rodgers' three best games of the season are the last three now in a row. Though sometime, if, This is a game where if you watch the highlights, actually that will tell the story for you mm. because that throw to Adams to end the first half, to me that was the biggest drive of the game. They were down 24-14, the Packers. They get the ball back with 132 after the Jakeem Grant punt return. And they go right down the field. And that throw to Adams was outrageous. Then the touch throw, the lollipop uh, to Aaron Jones uh, in the third quarter was outrageous. That throw was crazy. The Devonte Adams route that he set up, uh, Jalen Johnson in the fourth Unfair. quarter. That's outrageous. I hope the highlights at least show the third and 18 to Lazard in the first quarter, too, because that was a crazier
0: in Rodgers. throw. he is out of his mind right now. Yeah, he is uh, the last three games from Rodgers with a buy mixed in. Um, the three games since we started hearing about this bad toe, which is he talks about the bad toe, but like Big Ben talks about his injuries. We hear about it constantly, but we don't see any actual ramifications on the field. You said, Mark, we don't know what the Packers ceiling is. I think it uh, depends how you want to look at like what the phrase means. If To me, if you're a true top-of-the-line Super Bowl contender, and I think there's three of them, Green Bay, Arizona, Tampa Bay, that's what I see right now, um, there is no ceiling. They are They are a team that... Very has a very good chance of winning this whole thing, and I think they play so well on both sides of the ball. That's why they've been number one in the power ranks for me, just because I think they're so balanced on both sides. So I also think the football gods have a sense of humor. I got to say that we we had a lot of fun uh, on this podcast uh, late last week talking about how dare they keep the Bears in Sunday Night Football, and this is where the sense of humor comes in. We're recording the podcast, the, the most of the podcast it goes into. Uh, the Sunday Night Football game. And then we all sit down together in the second half and watch the rest of the game and then come back to the studio and finish the pod and then Ricky gets it dressed up to send it live. We missed the fun part of the game. We got the bad part of the game, which was a nice little kiss off from the football gods. I actually respect it.
2: Yeah, annoyed, like the gods um, annoyed at the three of us Yeah, for they our stuck hubris. It to us. Yeah.
0: yeah, we flew too close to the sun. And yes. it actually
3: because there was so much, you know, we try to go back and watch what happened as we're like watching you know, while it's halftime or while it's the second half so it, it gave us more work to to go through you know when you're watching on gate pass and at the bottom they have the little football sure where where there's a Key score? Plays. yeah. I mean there was just it was just like all empty and then there was like seventeen footballs <laughs> <Right>. within <laughs> like <laughs> an inch. I was like what is what is happening in this game? I mean if Jakeem Graham I mean Ryan Pace, you got to think about him for executive of the year for that Jakeem Grant from the Miami Dolphins trade. What a what a performance! I will say, by the way, I mean the,
2: the things that we missed. That 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 ninety-seven yard punt return was the longest so in Bears history, dating back to nineteen sixty. And that the the five touchdowns that we missed in that single quarter. Were the first? To- that was the first time in NFL history that there were five mm. touchdowns at thirty-five plus yards in the single quarter.
3: What one last quick? Those point factoids on this game. are true. I by thought the way, it yeah. was really interesting that AJ Dillon had fifteen carries. Aaron Jones, who looked good, only had five. And then Matt Matt Lafleur should get credit. You know, they're starting to put up those stats and everything. He's great at getting Adams open. Like some of those play calls in the first half, that's like what his job is. Is even though everyone knows Adams is the the only thing on in terms of their receivers they find ways to get him open it's not all just Adams it's they they get him into
0: great matchups and they do a great job with that he's having such an amazing career and you know part of it is Timing and just uh kind of fortuity where you where do you end up with adams, but i'm not taking anything away from him he's also a tremendously talented receiver, but when you put together a great offensive scheme, legendary quarterback, and a guy with elite skills, you get the production you get from adams who is you know if he keeps his pace up, he is an absolute Hall of Fame, 11 straight Sunday night football games with a touchdown. But right. that
3: is that is some that uh, matters like stuff. he's a money.
0: He's a money player. <laughs> he's a guy you want on the field in big spots, including the playoffs where the Packers are heading. Now, Mark, before we say goodbye. Right. Um, not to like take a, a serious turn here, but um you had mentioned oh, yeah. the mm. Jakeem Grant uh punt return and how it was historic for the Bears. And Factoids. We take that as gospel from you uh, because we trust in you to give us the right information. But apparently there is something you wanted to share, maybe a uh, a misstep. Uh, so we'll just throw it to you and I'll leave it at that.
2: Yes. Um, you know, this came to my attention while we were watching the the second half of that game. Um, so it's a message to my colleagues, um, to my friends, uh, my enemies, you, uh, and to all listeners, wherever you might be. Earlier in tonight's episode of the Around the NFL podcast, I committed a verbal misstep um, in the blinding fury of post-game information coming my way, I noted that the Raiders' 48-9 to loss was the worst in the organization's storied history. As play-by-play dudes sometimes say, check that. In fact, it was the Raiders' worst loss in their 61-year rivalry with the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, no. Oof. For this grave error, I will submit myself to human resources, for dense questioning following tonight's broadcast, I say this humbly: Seacrest out. Mm.
0: Well, you're a big man, obviously, for uh, coming clean there. But I, ultimately, it becomes a Brian Williams situation where once it's nothing short of that. Once we, it, you are flying on the helicopter in Iraq. It's your turn. You took enemy fire. We t- accept it as truth because mm. you tell us it. Once the cat's out of the bag, as it were. Once we find out something you told us wasn't true. How do you kind of go forward, Greg, and say, "Okay, what he's saying is not nonsense; it's actually factual." I d- I don't know what to think anymore. Right, there's kind of nothing you can say.
3: Right, there's you know a bond that we have with Mark, just as a journo, or did have? Sure, it's in the past. And how do you, how do you replace that? Because now it's just words coming out of your mouth. Can you know, I? Can you I say offer you're going to humbly? You know, put yourself in front of HR at Sunday night at 8.48. I don't think they're here. I don't believe that. Yeah, I don't even think they're here. I think they're home. Well, I didn't say I when, Greg. If you they're watching If you want to
2: deal in facts, by the way, I did not say when that and would I'm happen. I'm annoyed with Greg.
1: <laughs> I said I
2: would submit myself to Human Resources for dense questioning following tonight's broadcast. Tomorrow would also be following tonight's
0: broadcast. I think I'm and a, we, we've been on fire, by the way, locking up things. I'm going to lock up Mark killing Greg by the end of the season. <laughs> I'm going to lock it up. <laughs>
2: If I'm still here. I mean, this was... I have to admit, I'm not trying to, you know, be brash here. This was a hideous turning point um, for myself and for the show, and I apologize.
0: Well, you're a class act. I'll leave it at that. That's up for debate. Um, All right. Here we go. Week 14. A flagship in the books. Coming up next for us, Tuesday. Check us out. We'll recap the Monday Night Football game, and it's a gorgeous matchup. And there's a lot... Speaking of Mark, nobody is more, like... Into the lock game. Nobody needs it more than Mark. uh, And he has his Cardinals locked up over the Rams. So we'll talk about that. We don't need to watch the game. The fallout. Oh, the confidence is that high. It's for every. The confidence was pretty high about that factoid about the Raiders too. Just saying. Okay, noted. Watch it. Check it out. We'll be back Tuesday. Uh, You know, of course, check out the NFL Network show. It's on every Saturday. I think we're doing good work with that show. So, this is everybody. If you haven't done it yet, this is the week to follow the podcast and watch the show on NFL Network uh, or on Game Pass. Anyway, that's it. Good stuff. Gravedigger, man. Still think about the Gravedigger revelation a lot.
2: Uh, I think about it roughly 59 out of every
0: 60 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) I believe it. All right. Until Tuesday, heed the call.